everybody. Welcome to our guest segment of the Common Sense Show. Thank you so much for joining us. We are the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. My name is Dave Hodges. I'm the host. And we have a terrific show for you today. It's a part two of a well-received show we did in part one where we talked about things like cellular memory, things about generational curses, and uh, we're going to review some of that with our guest, Lindley Oz, in just a moment. But first, we need to tell you who keeps the lights on here. We're brought to you by Noble Gold, and I just completed my diversification project with Noble Gold. If you keep all your money in the bank, you're begging for a disaster, and I mean that sincerely. Not a scare tactic, folks. I mean it sincerely. Follow my lead, call the people at Nova Gold, and they'll explain to you what they can do for you. Their number is 877-646-5347, 877-646-5347. We're also brought to you by preparewithdave.com. The very best in storable food, still meeting demands. There is a slight delay in delivery, but nonetheless, people, we're meeting demands where most companies are not. With the same restaurant quality, no price gouging. There's been no price increases at all. 25-year shelf life. Go to preparewithdave.com. Well, Lindley Oz is well-known in her circle. Her TV show is outstanding. Brand-new TV show. We're going to give it some attention today. Uh, she's a well-known figure on YouTube. And so a lot of her work is well-known to people, but she's kind of branched off into kind of a new area. And I say kind of because it's related to some of her past work. But it's something that had caught my attention because in my background of teaching psychology, being a former mental health therapist, I have seen a lot of evidence of this. And I've seen a lot of academic evidence to support uh, what Lynn is putting forth. And I cannot wait to get back into part two. So I'm going to shut up, introduce Lynn, and we're going to get right down to business because we got some stuff that I think could really help people. Hi, Lynn. Thanks for being on the show on short notice. And uh, I just can't wait to do this part two. Hey, Dave, thanks for having me back. It was just awesome being on your show just the other day. And it appears that the message really blessed quite a few people. So that's awesome. I got really good reviews. Um, one person said, Dave, it was your finest moment. <laughs> so <laughs> so that was really good. Um, but I have to tell you, I've had such an interest in what it is that you're talking about here that is so good to see someone actively pursuing this. And the only reason we don't see it in the mainstream is because big pharma can't make money off of it. I mean, that's that's my considered opinion. Yes, very true. We know that uh, they make a ton of money off of just giving people, and I worked in the medical industry, so I saw, actually it was long-term care in hospice, and what they do is they just cover up the symptoms with certain medications and you know, it doesn't really get to the root of the problem. And today we're going to talk about the root of the problem. So uh, I believe this is going to bless a lot of people. I do too. So let's get down to the root of the problem. What's the problem and what's the root? Well, in our last discussion, we talked about cellular memory and the number one culprit of our cells being reprogrammed in a very negative way was fear. And we discussed that and brushed on it quite a bit. So we need to understand, first and foremost, that the spirit of fear is not just a demon, okay? The demons are the little imps that do their work here on the earth. It is a principality, okay? So the spirit of fear is a principality or a fallen angel, and we know the principalities are in the second heaven. 
They are in the air. The Bible discusses that in Ephesians 6, 10 through 20. So our modern day term for fear is stress. So if you're sitting there thinking, well, I don't really, you know, have a problem with fear. Ah, I would like to challenge you. We all have stress to different degrees. Unfortunately, stress is the number one killer in the United States of America. I'm sure we have listeners globally. I don't know about the other countries. I'm sure it's up there in the top list as well. But it is the number one killer. It's the number one root of many diseases, murders, suicide, you name it. We know that we are constantly hearing about anxiety disorders, panic disorders. So you have panic, stress, especially right now with what is taking place, which the Lord gave me a word last night, and I'm going to share that in this program. Um, about the panic and the hysteria that is taking place globally to do with this coronavirus. Mm -hmm. So when we're talking about cellular memory, so this fear actually goes in and reprograms your cells. Now, the Lord had revealed to me, and I'll just quickly mention it. He revealed this to me back in 2018, that... These strongholds or principal these principalities they form strongholds and what they do is they transmit a frequency to your heart brain and then they reprogram your cells which also affects your DNA and they're doing this a lot through fear. Now Jesus said in John fourteen twenty seven, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled. Interesting, he mentions the heart, nor let it be fearful. So Jesus gave us peace. Peace is the opposite of stress and fear and panic and anxiety and all that stuff. And the Lord revealed to me that we can actually deprogram these things through the power of the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to reprogram, reprogram ourselves the way they're supposed to be. Now, we see a clear example of this and what he revealed to me was praise and worship and his word here's a clear example in acts chapter 16 verses 26 through 28 about midnight paul and silas were praying and singing hymns to god and the other prisoners were listening to them suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken at once, all the prison doors flew open. Everyone's chains came loose. Well, the jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. So here we have Paul and Silas in a situation that most people would be traumatized in, horrified, terrified, and they're singing hymns to God. So I looked up in the Blue Letter Bible, hymns of God or hymns to God. And it says singing of Paschal hymns. These were Psalms 113 through 118 and 136. So not only were they speaking the word of God from the book of Psalms, they were singing it and the chains fell off. There was a violent earthquake. Their chains came off. So in the spiritual places, when we are singing God's word, we are actually causing the spiritual chains that are upon us, the strongholds formed by the enemy to fall off. And this is very powerful and very, very important. We can even see a depiction of that with Moses when they were fighting with the Amalekites. 
and I mentioned this in our last show, Dave, but they're fighting with the Amalekites, and Moses is praying to God and praising him. He has his arms lifted. Every time his arms begin to fall, the Amalekites begin to prevail. So uh, Aaron and her stand on each side of him. They give him a rock to sit on. They hold up his arms, and as his arms remain in the air, and he's continuing to pray, and this was an all-day-long event, finally Joshua was able to kill the Amalekites with the sword. So there is another example right there of that. Now, this fear stuff is very, very destructive and very, very powerful. Again, this is what the strongholds that are being formed in your body by these principalities are doing. They cause sickness, disease, allergies, cancer, just all sorts of different things. And if you can allow the Holy Spirit to come in and deprogram what the enemy has done to you and reprogram you with that perfect peace that Jesus left with us through the power of his Holy Spirit, through the death and resurrection on the cross when he shed his blood. If you can allow the Holy Spirit to do that and obey him and follow his instructions. Now, just yesterday, or it was actually day before yesterday, the Lord revealed something to me. And a lot of it has to do with what's going on. We're hearing the word pandemic, pandemonium, pandemic, because of this coronavirus. Well, what the Lord revealed to me, and many of you may already know this, I don't know, but the word pan, okay, pan is actually Lucifer. He is a god. And when Jesus was standing at the base of Mount Hermon with his disciples, there was a statue of Pan there. And it is the goat body, or I think it's a goat head with a man's body. And he was standing right there on enemy territory. And he asked his disciples, who do you say that I am? And he was wanting his disciples to proclaim him as the Messiah right there on enemy territory at Mount Hermon where the fallen angels fell. And there was a statue of Pan. So Pan is actually a false god. He is Lucifer. Interesting, here we're getting ready to approach spring. He is connected to the fertility and the season of spring, but also the word panic, pandemonium, pandemic, comes from this god's name. So I have sensed some anger from the Lord as of late about all of this, and I didn't know why until last night. Now I'm going to share with you the key to all of this here in a moment. But first I'm going to share with you what the Lord said to me, if that's okay, Dave. Is it okay if I share that? Absolutely, sure. Okay. Now, I want to make it clear, first of all, that it is not a sin to be prepared. Okay? God God did indeed put within us as an an intent to alert us of danger. Okay? A type of fear, like fight or flight, Okay, we are supposed to be prepared, and it's a proven fact that when people are prepared, they are less fearful. In fact, you wouldn't see all of these people running around in absolute hysteria right now, cleaning the shelves off the grocery stores, or freaking out because the shelves have already been cleared out, had they been prepared to begin with. Exactly. So being prepared is not a sinful type of fear. That's just called being wise. And being smart. So I want to make that clear. 
But God is angry about the sinful fear that is taking place. And this is what he spoke to me last night. So I'm going to read it to you. And I want you to keep in mind that God pan and where the word fear or panic comes from. Many people have been putting their fear, their sinful fear, distrust of God, doubt, unbelief, and faithlessness in God, in the enemy, instead of the one true God, El Shaddai. When we fear the godly reverence and respect and obedience that we're supposed to have for God, okay, when we fear anything but God, we make it our God over the one true God. What are people fearing the most right now? And believe me, I have sensed very strong in my spirit that God is angry about this. Yes, be prepared. That is okay. But fear God and God alone. Otherwise, we serve this God here. And that's the one I just, I posted this on Facebook. That's the one I just told you about, Pan, who is Satan. So Pan is the same as Satan. And I explained to you about Mount Hermon and what Jesus said and how he wanted them to proclaim on enemy territory that he is the Messiah. Very important. Pan, who is the devil, is also the satanic god of shepherds and flocks. This principality uses those who shepherd people and have a flock to spread its lies and fear and panic. Pan is the god in which the word panic is rooted. Woe to anyone who shepherds the flock and leads them into ungodly fear and panic. So many are fearing Pan or Lucifer and are therefore not fearing God, honoring God, respecting God, reverence for God, obeying God. They are not trusting in God. Luke 12, 4 through 6. I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that have no more that they can do. But I will warn you whom to fear. Fear the one who, after he has killed, has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two cents? Yet not one of them is forgotten before God. And then Psalm 111, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practice it have a good understanding. His praise endures forever. And finally, Proverbs 14, 27, the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life that one may turn away from the snares of death. I have sensed God's anger for weeks and weeks about this coronavirus, and I couldn't figure out exactly what it was that he was so angry about until now. He is angry at the fear being displayed by so many. They are fearing pan, Satan, the kingdom of hell. Look how people are scurrying around to gather supplies, panicking and fearing for their lives. It's okay people are being prepared and taking precautions. That is not what God is angry about. It is the fear, panic, and hysteria. And how many have fallen on their face in repentance to the Lord? None or very little. How many have scurried to the altar to seek the Lord's face? How many have made God their God? If my people who are called by my name, that's us. Okay, that verse is for us. Those of you out there listening, if you call yourself by God's name, if you say, I am a Christian, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. As a result, what we are seeing right now is nothing, nothing compared to what is coming upon this land. Now, the Holy Spirit really rose up in me last night as I was typing this on Facebook. 
Like I could feel his presence strong. Because the people did not repent. Instead, they feared the enemy and hid themselves from God. But they trusted in their own devices and panicked and sought their own ways and their own selves instead of turning to God and trusting in him. What is coming will make this that has come upon this nation nothing but child's play. Because the world has feared the God of the underworld, Pan, Satan, Lucifer, the powers of hell, and sought their own refuge instead of him, they will have their God. Hell is coming. God will show everyone that he is God and that there is none like him throughout all the earth. He will show everyone who refuses to repent and trust in him what the fear of God is all about. He is very angry. I encourage any of you living in fear to repent and turn away from it and turn to God and do not fear. Being prepared is okay, but do not fear that which is coming. If you have the blood of the lamb, which is your salvation through Jesus Christ, on your doorpost, which is your heart, what we're talking about today, your heart, cellular memory, in your body, in your cells, in your DNA, you have no need to fear. And then I'm going to give you a moment to say something, Dave, and then I have (laughs) the profound answer to all of this is in God's word, and I'm going to share it with you. I've broken it down, and I'm going to share it. Okay, I want you to share it. I'm staying out of your way because you're on a roll. And uh, I'm just getting hit, I feel like, with home run after home run. So please share what you want to share. Okay, what I want to share happens to be in Psalm 91. And the Lord led me to it the other day. We know Psalm 91 is talking about the safety of abiding in the presence of God, and it's talking about plagues. Now, I did a a deep word study on this, so I'm going to pause and give you other words that I found in the original Hebrew and the concordance for some of the words here, because they will give you a deeper understanding of what this is about. So Psalm 91, if you guys have a Bible out there or whatever, and you want to turn to it and read along, that's great. I'm reading out of the New King James Version. It says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. We know the Most High is God. Those of you out there who dwell in that secret place, you're hidden with God. When you're hidden with God, You are hidden from the calamities of the world. You are hidden with him. Shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That gives me goosebumps thinking about being under the shadow, abiding under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God and him I will trust. To trust, according to Strong's, to be secure, confident, bold, to feel safe and to have hope. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous, and some translations say noisome, pestilence. Interesting, noisome there means uh, engulfing, ruin, destruction, pestilence, death, and plague. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers. Interesting, it says, that of an eagle. I think of, uh, this message is for everyone all over the world, but it reminds me, the United States right now, it's, you know, just come here and hitting us. Reminds me of what represents our nation, an eagle. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. Now, the wings that are being discussed here are not the wings of a bird. 
okay, Jesus was a Jew, and Jesus wore a prayer shawl, and on the prayer shawl were talents. It's talking about under the wings, the corner of his prayer shawl or talents. Under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. A buckler is a fortress. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, the calamities, the, uh, the things that are inflicted upon men. That's what the arrow is. Nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that walks in darkness. A pestilence is a disease or a plague. Nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. Now check this out. We're hearing about people dying everywhere or being sick from this coronavirus. Thousands. A thousand, my friends out there listening, a thousand may fall at your side. Dave, everyone out there listening, all of us, me included, a thousand may fall at your side, and uh, that has translated your left side, and 10,000 at your right hand. So you may have a thousand fall at your left side, 10,000 at your right hand, but guess what? If you have the blood of the lamb on your doorpost, Jesus Christ, it shall not come near you. Now here I have a question on this point. Sure. Translate the blood of the lamb into modern day protection. What should people be doing? Blood of the lamb into modern day protection. Well, obey God, have your faith in him. Don't live in fear. Spend time in prayer with him. Give him praises. Offer up the sacrifice of praise. We all make mistakes and sin all the time. I'm not, when I say um, repent, what I'm talking about is intentional, blatant, outright sinning and disobedience, sins of omission, where you just are intentionally sinning, okay? We will all make mistakes as long as we're in a body of flesh, but you need to repent. And repent, by the way, means a change of mind or a change of heart. Turn away. Turn away from sin. Do not have any appearance of the sins of Babylon. Do not look like this world. You are to be separate. The Bible has called us to be ye separate. We are a peculiar people. We will be persecuted for not being like the world. We need to hide ourselves in Christ. Love him with all of your heart. Be in love with him. Does that help? It does help because not many of us have lambs at our disposal that we can sacrifice as they did in those times. So that's why I thought the question was important. So basically, just do what we're told to do. Right. When I say, let me just clarify that. When I say have the blood of the lamb on your doorpost, that is the blood of Jesus for us today. That Mm -hmm. means, and our doorpost is our heart. Okay. Your heart is the gateway by which either the enemy can come to you and speak to you. And we just talked about strongholds and principalities. It's also the gateway for the Holy Spirit. Okay. Now, let me just give you an example. If someone comes to your door and you don't want them in your house, you lock your door, you don't let them in. If someone's in your home and you don't want them any anymore in your house, you tell them to leave and you kick them out. If they don't want to leave, you contact the authorities. If Jesus Christ came to your door today, you would let him in and welcome him and you wouldn't want him to leave. Your door, The door to your heart is very much like that. You have the power through the Lord, through, the, through Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit, to choose who to and who not to listen to. And that comes to us through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the blood of the Lamb. So have the blood of the Lamb 
on your doorpost means have Jesus Christ in your heart and be firmly rooted and grounded in him. Okay, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Okay, be, let's go back to a thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand. It shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. So it's not going to touch you. You'll look around and you'll see it. You may see bodies everywhere, but it will not touch you because you are hidden in Christ. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your tent or dwelling. Now, the word there in its original Hebrew is habitation, home, tabernacle, or get this, sacred tent of God. Okay, your heart is your sacred tent of God. In fact, you are the ark of the covenant today. Remember, they carry God around in the ark. Right? Your body today is so holy. You represent the Ark of the Covenant today. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. So he will give them command or commission over you. In their hands they shall bear you up, carry you, support you, lift you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone, lest you stumble or be stricken. Now, get this. I looked up the phrase against a stone in the Blue Letter Bible, and it said petrified with terror. Petrified with terror. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent. You shall trample underfoot. Now, I looked up young lion, and young lion said an enemy devastating the nations. The young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Now here's the Lord speaking to you. Because he has set, let me start over. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. So what do we need to do? We need to set our love upon God, which means we obey him. We spend time with him. We love him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. So let's start over with that verse. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. So, this is the answer right here to the fear, the panic, the hysteria, the plagues, the destruction. If you are abiding in Christ, he will protect you from all of these things and nothing shall by any means harm you. As I quoted, Jesus himself said that he was leaving his peace with us. He gave us the perfect peace to overcome the fear and the panic and the hysteria and the anxiety and the tension and the stress of the enemy that the enemy is pumping into us each and every day to destroy us and take us down. Think of the great falling away. I believe there's many things that will be used to cause the great falling away. One of them 
is a spiritual, demonic persecution coming upon believers today on this earth by instilling fear in you and taking you down and destroying you so that you are rendered helpless and you are ineffective for the kingdom of God on this earth. You see, we are in a war right now. It is a spiritual war. The war is between God and the kingdom of heaven and Satan and the kingdom of hell. It's very personal, you see. And all of us on this earth who represent the Lord, we are a threat to the enemy. We're like ammo, okay? When the enemy wants to wipe out a nation, they go for their military bases because they want to weaken the nation, okay? So the enemy goes for the Lord's military bases on this earth. And who are the military bases? You and me. And he wants to take us out because he believes, since he is the father of lies and the great deceiver, he believes that he actually stands a chance to win. And that's why the enemy can't stand to hear the truth because he knows it's true and he doesn't mm -hmm. want to be reminded of it because he wants to live under some delusion that he can somehow be God. And all of his demons and principalities, they're all fooled too. They all believe that they're going to rise up and take over. So they have to defeat us. And as long as you live in fear and live in terror, you are actually putting your faith in the kingdom of hell. And God's word specifically clearly states that without faith in God, it is impossible to please him. Why? Because when you don't have faith in God, you're having faith in the kingdom of hell, which is called fear, panic, anxiety, stress, hysteria, and all of that. I think that's really good advice. Um, I guess what I really am drifting towards thinking here. Lynn, is when we are faced with this challenge of fear, um, is this related to anger? Is this why we see unyielding anger in the department stores now when people are shopping for uh, prepper supplies? Certainly. When people are full of fear and anxiety, it does things to your body. I mean, it does things to your cells, your body, you get adrenaline. And it causes anger because you're in that fight or flight mode. And that is definitely why we're seeing a bunch of anger. And so to put it this way, the root of fear is rejection. So then you have fear. And then rooted in fear is all sorts of other things as well. Jealousy, anger, and all of those things and murder. So when people become full of fear and they're taken by the spirit of panic and hysteria, they begin to do things they would never do. They're not in their right mind. They're operating on all of this adrenaline and they're in the fight or flight mode. And we're going to see more and more and more of this. And my friends, we have to be able to get through this and to fully trust God at this time because I don't believe for the life of me that things are going to get better. I believe it's going to get worse and worse and worse. And the first thing I would recommend all of you do is to be prepared. Don't wait until the last minute and run to the store when the shelves are empty. You know, don't sit there and wait until it already happens. Be ready because as I said at the start of this program, it is a proven fact that when people are prepared for disaster, they are less, less fearful, they're less worried, they have little anxiety, 
because they are prepared. And that is one of the smartest things you can do. Also, know the word of God. Get the word of God hidden in your heart. And as as soon as the enemy comes to try to put fear in you or to speak things to you, anger, fear, worry, hatred, doubt, unbelief, whatever, you start quoting the word of God. Jesus did it when when the enemy Satan came and, and tried to start tempting him. Jesus used the word of God. And the Bible tells us, resist the devil and he will flee from you. I like that, resist the devil part. But sometimes it's hard to recognize the devil. Sometimes it's hard to distinguish between what should be normal fear, which is built into us to protect us from immediate danger, and pervasive fear that paralyzes us. Uh, Have you addressed that at all about the difference between healthy fear and non-healthy fear? Well, you can have a healthy fear, which which I mentioned at the start. God gave us that type of fear. We have the fear of God, which is a reverence and respect. We also have the healthy fear, which he instilled in us. And that is intended to alert us of danger so that we can respond, you know, by our fight or flight abilities. Okay. That's how you distinguish it. Like if you hear sirens and you are alerted to take shelter because there is a tornado coming, you take shelter You have that fight or flight mode going on. You're praying to God and you're trusting in him. You don't have that anxiety and that nausea in you. You're trusting in the Lord. So there is a big difference between that fight or flight mode when you see danger coming and just walking around worrying about stuff like, oh my gosh, um, I'm short on money. How am I going to pay this bill next week? Okay, when you start worrying about it, and panicking and fearing what's going to happen. And you begin to picture what could potentially happen. That's when you're getting into the ungodly fear. You have to trust him with everything that you have, that he will make a way, that he will take care of you, that he will provide for you. When you start worrying about, you know, what someone is doing, you know, what's my husband doing? He's late again from work. Is he doing this? Is he doing that? And you start having images in your mind of what your husband could be doing. That's when you get into the ungodly fear and anxiety. You have to resist it. You have to say in the name of Jesus, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And that's when you start quoting his word, singing praises to him, and putting your trust in him, and just going by what his word says. Because there's all sorts of what ifs in this world. We wake up every day. What if I don't wake up in the morning? What if I don't go to sleep tonight? There's, you could live by every what if there is and drive yourself completely batty and insane. At this time, with everything that's happening, we really don't have any choice but to put our trust in the Lord. Because if we think it's hell now, living in fear, panic, and hysteria is going to be even more hellish. Hell on earth. Exactly. You know, it's interesting that the way you're expressing the different levels of fear and what's appropriate to respond to and what should be dealt with in another manner. We do the same thing in mental health. I often use this slang phrase called stinking thinking when people would just catastrophize everything and overreact. And, uh, you know, there's the immediate and then there's the danger that you can deal with just by logical uh, action. And uh, so let's go back to our first interview together. And 
what happens to us uh, with regard to our chemistry, so to speak, when we're going through irrational fear? Well, what happens when we start getting <clears throat> irrational fear is it actually goes into our cells. Now, they have proven that what you think and what you speak has a lot to do with this programming of your cells. And it even stated in the science article that I shared when we last spoke, Dave, it talked about how love actually cast out this corrupted fear mm -hmm. cellular memory, which is interesting because the Bible specifically states perfect love cast out fear. We also talked about uh, generational curses and how these cellular memories can actually be transferred to you generationally speaking, like from generation to generation to generation. So if your spiritual heart, for instance, finds a happy cellular memory, you tend to react positive, positively. If it finds a painful memory, you tend to react in fear or anger. And you mentioned anger, Dave. The fear-based memory will produce negative symptoms in your physiology, thoughts, beliefs, emotions, and behaviors. So a memory functions very similar to that, like, let's say, a cell phone, broadcasting and receiving constantly. The cellular memory broadcasts a fear signal to the surrounding cells as well as to different parts of your brain, which governs the stress response. So when the cells receive that signal, they close and go into basically what is called death and disease mode. They don't eliminate the toxins or take in needed oxygen, nutrition, hydration, and, you know, ions. So if the cell remains in the closed state long enough, then the odds skyrocket that it will unmask a disease gene. Um, there was this doctor, in fact, his name's Dr. Bruce Lipton, and he said that this is the only way you can have a disease manifest in your life. If this doesn't happen, you literally can't get sick because your immunity and healing systems will always be working at optimum, le optimum levels. So fear just does a real, real job on your body. And you can go research, Google it you know, the effects of stress in your life. Remember, I pointed out that stress and fear are the same thing. Stress is the modern day term for fear. So these things just go in and start reprogramming your cells. But the good news is that I think it was every three months it said, every three months your cells divide and regenerate themselves. So you can start now by just speaking God's word and then singing the songs of praise from God's word, just like Paul and Silas did. And it's a proven fact, too, and I revealed this on, your, on our last show, Dave, that they proved that when a choir of people, were, they were all singing together, their hearts actually began to beat in unison, like mm -hmm. their hearts were just exactly doing the same thing. So there's verses, too that prove that, that when we sing praises to God, we are actually uniting our heart as one with God. And that's how you become hidden in him too, uniting your heart with God. And when you are united with God in that way, I guarantee that you're not going to even be tempted with fear when your heart is joined with his heart. 
you know, I want to verify what you're saying too from the psychobiological framework. We know from the work of a, a psychologist, actually he's a medical doctor, psychiatrist as well, named Friedman. And his work went all the way back to the late 60s and in the 70s. And he was the one who discovered that people that have uh, hostility, you know, basically almost rage, anger, that they have four times the heart attack rate. And then later that research was bootstrapped into cancer and they found almost the same kind of findings. So what you're saying has clinical reference to this. But what I find interesting here, and I really want to draw a division between following God, you know, through your spiritual beliefs and then listening to mainstream medicine. Mainstream medicine has the ability to teach people this. They should be offering classes on meditation, prayer, getting control of your emotions. And we don't do very much of that. There are some therapists that do it, but big pharma doesn't touch this. Oh, of course not, because they don't want you to be healed. They want you to be dependent upon them. Pharmakia, actually the word pharmakia uh, is the Greek word, and it has a lot to do with witchcraft. I encourage all of you to look it up. I did not know that. Um, How does that manifest? You say the word means witchcraft. Can we point to something where there's a manifestation that comes out of that? Um, I didn't didn't have anything on that just now. I just remembered that pharmakia has to do with with witchcraft and stuff like that. And I encourage everybody, it's pretty easy to find if you Google it. If I Googled it right now, I could find something on it. But it's quite interesting. So I did want to mention this, and I'm going to share this. This is from an article I'm holding here in my hand, a scientific article on the cellular memory. It says, the first step to healing our cellular memories is to understand the whole truth about the incident that created the memory. Now, I want you to remember who Satan is. Satan is what? The father of lies, right? He is the father of lies. Okay, what is the truth to us? The truth of God's word. So the first step to healing our cellular memories is to understand the whole truth about the incident that created the memory. Whenever a painful cellular memory is created, we typically simultaneously create an incorrect belief or a lie of this event. And it is actually this incorrect belief or lie or our interpretation of this event that causes us to react in fear, not the event itself. Interesting. So as it goes on to say, in fact, a cellular memory that triggers fear always goes back to a wrong interpretation of the original event. The true source of my fear and stress is not the fact that mom died, for example. It's my belief that because mom died, I will never be okay again. It's not the diagnosis of cancer. It's my belief that because I've been diagnosed with cancer, my life is over. It's not the unkind things someone did to me in and of itself. It's my belief that this unkind thing means that I am a bad person or a person of inferior worth and value. So this is pretty interesting here too, because I was talking about these principalities transmitting a frequency to the minds of men or the hearts of us transmitting this frequency. We know that our heart operates and functions on electricity. So here they are transmitting this supernatural frequency to us And what they're transmitting to us is fear-based, and science even calls it a lie. It's a wrongful misinterpretation, a lie from who? Satan, who is the father of lies. 
And when we when we believe those lies, we know that Jesus said, I came to give you that perfect peace. I, I leave this perfect peace with you, not the of the world gives to you. I give to you this perfect peace. I even know when the smallest sparrow falls, how much more do I care for you? So when we believe the lie of the enemy, we thus in turn call God a liar, which is a sin. We cannot call God a liar. God doesn't lie. He has given us the perfect peace and he has given us all the weapons to overcome the enemy. Here's the problem. We're so busy and we have so much to do. We have so much going on. And believe me, I'm sure Dave and me both, we can perfectly define busy. You know, we are so busy, we don't have time. And so as I've read through comments on some of my latest videos, I have read a lot of comments from people saying, well, God did speak something about this to them some time ago, but they failed to pursue it and follow through with it. They, how, how often do many of us start to do something and then we get distracted and then we kind of just slowly but surely stop doing it? You have to follow through. Paul says in the New Testament that we have to press forward. We're in a race. We have to keep going. We can't give up. Okay, so you have to really make this a habit, create a new habit in your life. You have to follow through. This isn't going to be something that just takes one day or two days or even a week. You know, it didn't take you overnight to get into this mess that you're in and to get into this fear. And it's not going to be overnight that you get out. Yes, sometimes God can just deliver people with the snap of his finger. Sometimes that happens. But most of the time, God does expect us to implement the word of God in our lives and to do some work. And that work that is required on your part is diligence, effort, stay with it, pursue it like treasure, don't give up. Keep pressing on. These are words that this country needs in the worst way. Let's just take a minute here because we're nearing the end and give people advice how to handle their anxieties with regard to the coronavirus. Well, number one, be prepared, as I mentioned. You know, stock up, be prepared. There's many of you out there who maybe you don't have the money to really do a lot of stocking up right now. Uh, Buy peanut butter. There's cheap peanut butter you can buy. Buy dried beans, peanut butter, whatever. If you do not have the money, go to local, contact local churches and stuff and seek help. So there is help out there. So number one, be prepared. Number two, put your trust in God. Because if you live in fear, you are begging for the enemy to pay you a visit. Because you are not putting your faith in God. Remember I said, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Actually, I didn't say it. God said it. That's in his word. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Start studying scriptures on faith. Start studying scriptures on fear. And start studying scriptures on peace. And by the way, our words and our thoughts are extremely important. I just did a video on our words and our thoughts because they play right into this cellular memory and the programming of our cells and the deprogramming and the reprogramming of our cells. And God's word specifically tells us how important our words and our thoughts are. Start paying attention to what you're thinking about 
If you find yourself thinking about things you shouldn't be thinking on, start finding scriptures on what it is you're thinking about, about that fear. Start thinking on the things of God. Start speaking the things of God. Speak faith at all times. Let his word continually be in your mouth. It's a a very, very good advice. We're near the end here, and I wanted to give you a minute here to talk about your TV show and how people can follow your good work, Lynn. Okay. um, My TV show is called Truth Hunters, and it is available on Roku, Apple TV, Amazon Fire. There's a free app for it, and also there is a free app for every Android and Apple device. The show is also free, so you can find it that way, and you can also share it. There's a shareable web link, so you can also view it on the web. That's Truth Hunters. Truth Hunters. And are you actively involved in any other media right now? Just YouTube and Truth Hunters, and that's about it. Yeah, and I bet you meet your share of censorship because GOD, (laughs) GOD not allowed. Um, This has been a good tie together for what we did the first time because I kind of felt we left things incomplete. And what I really appreciate that you did is that you brought in scripture to really tie together the scientific concepts of this science that's known but somewhat repressed. And I am familiar with the uh, words of Bruce Lipton. When I graduated with my advanced degree, he was there giving the keynote speech. I'm just having trouble getting him on my show. I don't know why. They keep asking me the same questions over and over. And I'm talking about his screeners, but I'll work on that. Lynn, (laughs) you're truly a delight. You're a blessing to the religion, to our Christian faith. And uh, I know you're going to be richly rewarded for the work that you're doing because you're waking people up. You should see the comments I got and some of the emails I received from our first appearance together. And I'm sure this will be the same. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, again, Truth Hunters is the way to follow Lynn. And you can download those apps she mentioned, I'm sure, from uh, Google Play Store uh, or any of your, if you're iPhone, you know what to do. So, Lynn, I want to thank you so much for being with us. Uh, It's truly, truly been a blessing. And we look forward to having you on again at a future date. Thank you so much, Dave. And God bless you. It's been a pleasure and a delight being on your show. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Lynn Liaz, Truth Hunters, will be back here in the next show. Thank you so much for joining us. Go out and have a blessed day. Thank you.